Hey girl, so I don't know about you, but maybe you're in the same boat. <laughs> but I've definitely noticed some just not so great habits creeping back in during the season. I mean, we just got out of the holiday season. Uh, our country's in a bit of a chaotic state, crazy stuff going on. And, um, you know, for me, I'm in this season of having a newborn and just got out of pregnancy. And man, I, I gotta be honest. I, I really, really don't enjoy pregnancy. <laughs> like I'm thankful for it. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for it. I'm blessed by it. It's grown me a ton. I think it's amazing. It's, it's truly one of the most miraculous things that I've ever been a part of. And I love my babies, obviously. And honestly, I've given birth uh, two out of my three kids without an epidural or any pain meds, like not even Motrin or anything. And hands down, I would do childbirth over pregnancy if I like had to pick one. I mean, fortunately, we get to experience both, right? But <laughs> anyway, because of just how hard pregnancy is for me, I definitely become more of an emotional eater. And I'm really thankful for how far God's brought me on this journey because if I could go back and show myself 10 years ago a video of what my diet and lifestyle look like today, like in the midst of pregnancy and all, like with Isaiah, my first, with my, with my first child, my first pregnancy, uh, this was back before I made my healthy lifestyle, like switch or change or whatever. I would bring home four quarts of different flavors of water ice from Rita's and kill them in like two days. Like that's the kind of pregnant I was for him. You know, I ate so much crap when I was pregnant with him. I gained like 80 pounds. It was crazy. So honestly, now and throughout my pregnancy, my diet was very healthy, but I'll use like healthy versions of things, you know, and just go to them way too often for emotional support to get through the pregnancy. Another uh, bad habit I always had growing up was eating in bed. Uh, it was so bad. Like I had a snack drawer next to my bed filled with candy and stuff. Like that's, that's one of those things now that I'm starting to notice happening more. Where, you know, I'm tired at night or in the middle of the night and I'm up with the baby. I'm like, man, I really need some chocolate right now. <laughs> I'm just like, okay with it because it's a habit. It's forming. And yeah, it's healthier versions of things. It is. It's it's um, dark chocolate, you know, mostly like 60 to 70% cacao and it's like a healthy sugar or coffee right? Like that's another thing that I've been having a lot of, which honestly the coffee isn't really what gets me, but the sugar that I add, like the coconut sugar that I'm adding to it, it's coconut sugar, right? It is a good, that is a really good sugar to use. It has health benefits, but not when you're constantly, constantly, constantly having that sugar dose to help 
with your emotional needs, right? All the time, like that's the go-to. And I'm also not shaming or condemning utilizing food as comfort either. It's just a matter of when that's the go-to. That's the number one source of emotional support. And that's been part of my health journey all along. I mean, that's been something that I've noticed as a pattern of mine since childhood. So, like I said, even though it's healthier versions of things, it's not really serving me. And, you know, for a while, I wasn't really acknowledging or or at least not trying to address the fact that you know, I was self-medicating with with sugar and food and alcohol too. Like I would have a drink every night. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, that's okay because it's okay. It's okay to have a glass of wine every night. You know, I'm not getting drunk. I'm I'm just having a glass of wine, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But when it's something that I'm like clinging on to <laughs> at the end of the day, If I make it through, once I make it through this day of pregnancy or um, making it through this day of homeschooling and dealing with my toddler and now having this newborn, you know, I'll be able to get that glass of wine or I'll I'll have some uh, chocolate and and a snack when no one's up my butt trying to steal it from me or, or whatever, right? And... When those things, that's where it becomes an issue that needs to be dealt with for me in my mind. When it's something that's needed and depended upon. And I think it's important that we're transparent first with ourselves and with God to seek his help. Because, like, good luck without it, right? And then be transparent to those around us that, you know, we want to set a goal to to cut the weeds out of the garden, right? Or to water the grass so that it's greener where we are. Because here's, here's the root issue. Galatians 5, 16 to 18 spells it out. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. So, I love that it ends with that too, that if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law, meaning like, it's not about rule following. It's not about, oh, this is good. This is bad. If I eat sugar, even if, you know, whatever way I'm doing it, it's bad. And, and making that label on it and shaming myself and giving myself guilt and all that kind of stuff. No, it's not, it's not, we're not under the law. That's not why we're choosing to walk in the spirit and not to be focused on gratifying the desires of the flesh because that's ultimately what it is right it's i want to i want to feel better i want my body to feel better i want my emotions to feel better i want 
in this moment, in this instant gratifying moment, if I go get that thing that can help make me feel better, we're we're, we're seeking to satisfy the desires of the flesh. And this says here that those are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. They're opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. How many times have you wanted to, how often do you think about wanting to be healthy, to lose weight and feel better and have more energy and clarity and better mood and all those things that you want that you know if you were to make the right changes and really commit to them that you could do those things and that's what you want that's because those are deeper desires that are (laughs) opposed to the desires of the flesh the desires of the flesh in the moment are saying I want I want to enjoy that chocolate I want that glass of wine every night. I want these things that in the moment are these instant gratifiers. So yeah, I I might be tired and being woken up all throughout the night and and you know, it's a lot of energy with raising up young kids and having patience and love for them and disciplining them, teaching them and all those kinds of things. I have a million and a half reasons why it's really, really hard to build back up healthy routines right now and habits and, you know, fight against the not so healthy ones. But ultimately what I'm trying to do is satisfy desires of the flesh, right? Like I, I want that quick fix. Um, and when we fall into that trap I know when I fall into that trap it leads me to a place where I don't even feel empowered enough to do the things I want and ought to do and so that's why I think it's super essential to pray and seek help first because that's what's going to give us the power to overcome these these battles because it is a spiritual one and so to be transparent and and put it out there and I'll I'll keep you updated but something I'm committing to right now is cutting out all added sugar for for just the month of January uh I guess it falls in line a good time for like New Year's type of stuff I'm not huge on New Year's resolutions I'm not against them either I think it's fine um, to have New Year's resolutions. I think it more so just kind of fell in line where the baby's on this regular routine and schedule where my day is kind of more predictable. And that, that's really something that's been helpful for me to feel like, okay, it's time to take the next step, you know? So not cutting out carbs, I'm including fruit and everything, but you just don't even realize if you're not intentionally counting Like, take a day to count how many grams of added sugar you consume without even trying. And you got to look at everything. Like, you got to look at your your ketchup and the bread that you're eating and, I mean, every type of condiment and... 
And it's not just all the things it's hiding in, right? It's the amount. So amounts per serving and man, between if you're drinking orange juice and a piece of toast and, you know, you're having some ketchup on your eggs or whatever, by the time breakfast is done, it's crazy how much sugar really adds up so quickly every day without even noticing. And I think I really start to fully notice and fully be aware when I decide, okay, I'm cutting this out for a certain amount of time. And I'm realizing, wow, I was having a lot. (laughs) I was having a lot. Uh, So I've been tired and dependent and um, feeling just weighed down by it. So I'm really, really excited about this. And you know, sugar addiction, it's a, it's a real issue, like a physical, real addiction, like you would see with any alcoholic or heroin addict. I mean, it functions exactly the same way with your pleasure centers in your brain, your, your reward, reward pathways and all those types of things that really your beta endorphin system and receptors and it's, it's literally the same exact process. And so it's not so easy to just cut it out. Um, with the right tools, it's much easier. And every time you do it, it gets easier, which is why I'm really excited about making this uh, breaking free from sugar addiction program in the works right now. It's something that you know I'm working on right now because as people were going through my energized diet and lifestyle program, some people were, you know, blew through it. They were able to stick to it and they found really amazing results. And for the others who couldn't, when I was asking them and saying, hey, what what was the hardest part for you? Where do you feel like you got held up? What was the part that you felt like you couldn't move through? It was this piece, this cutting out sugar or eliminating it or lowering it and that makes total sense to me because that's been the hardest part for me too. And I think for most people who are trying to address their gut health and approach their health issues and mood problems or autoimmunity or weight or whatever from this kind of food is medicine perspective, because it's addictive. And so, yeah, it's definitely a challenge and there's different ways of going about it that makes it more effective and easier. And it's so worth doing. And I'm so excited for how good it's going to feel. I mean, I've already been, this is probably like five days or so that I've been doing it. So I'm starting to get past that hump that's harder. The first couple of days are definitely the hardest. Um... But there, and there's, especially because there's this big part of you that doesn't want to do it in the beginning because you enjoy all those foods, right? I mean, it is an addiction. There's a reason why it's hard to, to do. You want those things. So I'm really excited to to be doing this and I'll be sharing my progress and my, and my updates with you as I go and um, how things are going. But I already 
can feel such a huge difference in my like frustration or irritability levels and being able to have more patience with my kids and feeling less of the brain fog and all that kind of stuff. And it's crazy how much (laughs) it surprises me or excites me when I start to feel these changes because it's like, duh, like you, you know this already. I mean, this is like your whole entire like career and everything is in, in teaching people and helping them do these things so that they can feel this way. What is such a shocker to you about this? But for some reason, when you're in those kind of changes and somewhere in me almost didn't expect that it would work again this time or that that it wouldn't be worth it or I, that must just be the addiction talking, right? Like it's crazy. So I'm super thankful for this. I'm excited to be able to like by the end of the month, kind of look back and see what the changes were and how it felt and where I'm at at that point where I could start, you know, integrating it back in and being mindful. And it's so much easier to, um, have it in like healthy, good amounts after you've fasted from it for a time. And also when you're more like just aware and intentional and actually counting, like, you know, I am not for counting, adding numbers to food. I hate that that's a thing. Like I hate all the calorie counting or counting your macros or counting, you know, what the number says on the scale or like all these numbers associated with health stuff. I don't like, I'm not a numbers person. I don't like it. (laughs) But I know with sugar, I need to be counting and making sure that if I'm going to allow myself to have it, which I should, you know, not during a fast if I don't, if I'm choosing to do so, but when as a regular part of a healthy lifestyle, it's okay and good to have. It's just that we want to be aware and mindful. And that's the one thing I really do advocate for counting is how many grams of sugar you're consuming every day. So I'm already excited because of those physical benefits that I felt, but also for the the training that it gives my mind and my spirit to seek God for, for things, to go into prayer instead of going into my cabinet. It's so, it's so powerful to take a fast and it's, it's amazing what, how connected our, our spiritual health is to our physical health and how, when we work on one, it does help the other. They just work in tandem that way. And so I really want to encourage you, if you find yourself in this pattern of emotional eating, uh, whether it's to have fun because you're out at different holiday, you know, activities and to feel as like a social thing, or if it's because you're feeling lonely and isolated and you reach for that because that's something that you enjoy and it makes you feel good and it satisfies the desires of your flesh for the moment or if it's just because you're exhausted and you're frustrated and you're dealing with kids all day and 
that's something that can help soothe you because it does. It does do that. It's very powerful the way that it does that. Recognize that if you make the decision to take a break, to to weed out the things that aren't ultimately serving you, they're just helping you in the moment, but long run, they're not really serving you. Take time to pray and ask for help and let others around you know. Pick pick a specific goal. You know, don't jump all over 5,000 things at once. Pick the one thing that you know you've got to work on and let people know about it. And pick a specific amount of time that you want to do it for and make a plan for how you're going to deal with your emotions as they come up. If you're emotionally going to chocolate or ice cream or Doritos or whatever it may be, make a plan for how you're going to handle handle that. Instead of reaching for the bag or for the box, are you going to take some time to take a few deep breaths and pray? Are you going to go for a walk? Are you going to go play with your kids? Um, there's, there's lots of different ways. You have to figure out what works for you. And that way, you can know that you're going to be growing in your skill set. You're going to be growing in, in discipline and in, in strength. And in your, in your spiritual walk, your relationship with God can be built up from this. And your physical body will also prosper from it. You're going to feel better. And remind yourself of that. Remind yourself of the end goal. Like, what's your reason? Why? Why do you want to do this? And you got to remind yourself of that too. So I hope this was helpful for you. Um, I'm committed to sharing my journey. Like in my last episode or two episodes ago, I don't know, I was talking about how, you know, health journeys aren't ever linear and they're not. It's this process that we have to go through and we have to adjust. And sometimes we're at a real high peak and everything's, we're on top of our game. And then other times you know, we're, we're down at a lower point and we need to figure out, okay, what's my next step back up here? Am I ready to take my next step back up? Cause sometimes you fall down into that ditch and you got to rest for a minute before you can climb back up. Right. So that's that there's a season for that too. And recognizing where you are and deciding what that next step is for you is what, is what really is going to empower you to just take charge of your health and do the dang thing and you can you you can do this you just you have to decide and you have to commit and you have to be open and share with others around you and you got to ask for help ask ask and it will be given to you right seeking you will find and until next time Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Hey friend, welcome to Triumph Holistic Living Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Lewis, certified wellness practitioner, helping Christian women like you to improve your health 
and to once and for all ditch the chronic fatigue, fog, and illness like depression, anxiety, autoimmunity, and stubborn fat, and to gain thriving energy and good mood, confidence, and glorify God by taking care of the body he's given you with natural methods based on principles that will never change because they're founded in scripture and science. Let's dive in.